Welcome to the UK Fantasy Football Show, Goal's weekly podcast that discusses many a football fan's favourite pastime. We'll be reacting to the results of Game Week 12, discussing Goal 50, Goal's annual award, ranking the best 50 players of the year, and revealing our teams for Game Week 13. This week, it's just me, Dave, and Sam. No guests. The international break was clearly too exciting for anyone to spare a second on our FPL podcast. It is a bit of a shame, though, that no one has come to see me bask in the glory of my 99-point haul. 423rd high score on FPL. I've peaked on FPL, so I'm going to make the most of this moment, I think. Yeah. It was painful uh, over the weekend just watching all the points rack up for you. It was like, it was like I imagine how it, it's how it feels at a Vegas, like one of those terminals, yeah. you know, you pull the betting ones and then all the things light up and you get all the coins pouring out. Everything was coming in for you. That's how it felt for me, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was a great weekend. Right, so we've covered the last <laughs> week. <laughs> I, will, I will add a little addendum point, though, that I did play my triple captain. So I did go for it this week. A little very cheeky triple captain, wasn't it? Yeah, didn't tell anyone in about there. it. <laughs> and I checked the teams on Friday night. I was like, cheeky. I did it with about half an hour till the deadline. And I was thought, oh, I've got to go for it this week. I've got a gap to close. You know, I've heard uh, when Sam played the triple captain with uh, Callum Wilson. Um, and he was saying uh, <laughs> <laughs> when he was saying about leaving it to a game week where there's is there a game week where there's two matches then within yeah, yeah. one game week in when is that it was in the industry call it double game week a double game week yeah, yeah. yeah. that's technical they <laughs> usually they usually happen around like March time when the FA Cup sort of fixtures pile up a little bit or right. there's, or there's been like sometimes when it snows over Christmas you get the matches cancelled and then they push okay. they push them towards like March April May but what I've found in previous years when you sort of try and hedge your bets on that little bit and you think oh great I'm going to double up with Aguero, triple captain in this game week, and then Pep rests in one of the games and then he doesn't score in, in the other game. And it's still a bit of a gamble in oh, that yeah, situation. Yeah. For me, I just thought, looking at Sadio Mane, I thought, well, Pep Guardiola's had a bit of a swipe midweek. I think he'll be motivated. I think Liverpool will score goals. I thought it was one of those situations where you know the big player isn't going to be dropped. Yeah. You know that he's in good form. It still pays off, doesn't it? If, you, if your triple captain scores one, at least one goal, then yeah. you're, you're, you're loving you life. Yeah. yeah, you're happy with that. You, it's been a worthwhile venture. Mm. Obviously, if he gets two, then you could look at it as a... I know. Well, the thing, is, the reason I ask is because I wondered when this kind of double week was. Because, I, I mean, if it's in March, oh, mate, it'll, I'm be, not, it'll be way too late for you. Yeah, to I'm not holding out until March. <laughs> I was like scrolling through the fixtures going, okay, I'm, I'm in kind of January now and I can't see any of these, the, the kind of double week. So I'll, I'll have played my triple captain before then. Yeah. Might even play it this week. I mean, we'll come to my changes in a bit, but there's been, I've reacted badly to your 99 point hole. You, you got half that, didn't you? 48. Yeah. You reacted really badly. <laughs> I've reacted very badly since. I don't, I don't think you know how badly I've reacted to <laughs> just being changes, massive changes, and uh, yeah. Because I, I mean, I, I was watching it all pile up, and you know, I, I did pretty well. I got seventy-two points, but I had a minus four because you know I had points to spare. Um, but I was thinking, <laughs> I I think Miles could overtake me here. Um, obviously, you've not. I'm still twenty points ahead. Uh, I can't even count how many points ahead I am of you, Dave. Um, yeah, it's quite a big gap now, isn't it? Yeah, it's 48. 48 yeah. I think I've just been hitting the average score every week, and I think this is part of the reason, because I've made so many changes. I've be better than average, so average, Be better than average. Yeah. This is what you want to aspire it's to. disappointing. But I should be an inspiration for you, because you should look at this week and think, you know, he, you can have one good week and it can turn your season around. Yeah. So you Your timing that. was absolutely impeccable on that, though, those changes. <laughs> and the thing is, though, so far you've had one good week that's defined your season, which was game week one. one. <laughs> and it's still the best week in this room. It is, yeah. Best game week. So yeah. I'm, I'm clinging on to that. 
You know, the end of season awards, I'd kind of get the... That was a great game week. Gamesman. Yeah, that's just what like the Norwich team will be saying at the end of the season. <laughs> like, oh, we beat City though. Yeah, but you got relegated, boys. Yeah. yeah. It was uh, it was actually quite a good week though, I imagine, for a lot of FPL managers because a lot of the players who you think would get points last week did get points. A lot of the players in form over the past five, ga- five game weeks did get points. You know, the likes of Vardy, uh, Jimenez, Pope, Madison, Tamori, Sionchu, Abraham. All players I had in my team. Yeah, there's all a lot, players a, a lot well. of that... Um, Almost like template team, all did yeah. reasonably well. Sterling bombed, De Bruyne bombed. But the thing with those two is they haven't really done well in the last five weeks. No, it was very much a form game week in the sense that the players who have been doing well kept doing well. The premium players didn't necessarily turn up, um, other than some sort of points for Mane and, and I guess Salah as well on the side. But no big point holes for those two or any premium players really. Vardy, I guess, was the highest point scorer for the premium. I mean, even he, he's not really premium. He's like no, 9.7 really, yeah. or 8 at this point now. But, um, yeah, great great game week. How, how many points did you get, Sam? I got 68, 68. After, after, after losing four. Okay. Um, and, you know, all the, all the various leagues I'm in, I've just in a sea of green, green arrows. So, Rad and I'm high. happy. I'm yeah. happy. Good for you. Yeah, I've, I've got some changes I need to make, though. I'm still not perfectly happy. I I've had Maguire in for ages thinking he'd score a f- header at some description, yeah. but um, Man United just seemed to be taking corners where they just loft it in, like how Lampard used to take them. And nothing good can ever come of that. Mm. Well, it kind of paid off with McTominay's goal, didn't it? No, that's McTominay made that. It's all about Scott. He's now well, out for a while. Maguire was up there, didn't he head it down? McTominay like bundled it over the line. Then. Yeah, but nothing can come, can go, a good can come of it apart from that. That was all right. <laughs> how long is Scott going to be out for anyway? don't know. I think you'll just miss Scotland. All oh, right, um, okay. It's just an international injury. I, I, I hope so. One of those. Have you still got Rashford? No, I've been to majors ago. Do you? Um, you don't do that. No, I don't have him, no. no he's looking sharp, though. Um, I, I put Martial back in as soon as he came back. Yeah. Ten points this week. He's, um, he's looking like a good target, man. Uh, he's holding the ball up far, far better than Rashford could even dream of doing. Silky feet, a smooth finish. Yeah, set up Rashford, didn't he? He get assist for the Rashford's goal. Yeah. Tidy. Mm. And then Rashford missed that sitter at the far post just to yeah. take shine off his day slightly. It did, but the best bit about that was Daniel James, the way he absolutely pegged it down the line and then pretended to cross, sat Lewis Dunk down <laughs> and then just thought, I'm just going to stroll past you now, put it on a plate for Mr. Rashford. Oh, fucking yeah. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, I'm just looking at the latest standings here. So Sam's on 667. I'm on 647. Dave's on 619. Why do we keep going over this? Well, I just like it's the third time already <laughs> in this episode. I just want to make the most of being second there. I was also just looking at the public UK fantasy football show league. We have a new table topper, Musa Lawan. I believe he was on top previously. I was looking at how many points he has. Six, no, not 600. 759. So 100 points more than any of us, really. Uh, he's in the top 2,500 worldwide. It's quite impressive. Wow. Much better than my one-week, one-day 99-point haul. He's consistently bringing home the bacon. <laughs> Very impressive. Uh, listeners, you can join our league and test yourself against us all season long. The code to type in on the FBO website is NHC4WZ. Um, Ollie, who was on last week, had another great week. He had got 78 points, so he's in the top 24,000 in the world. He's doing well, too. Yeah, we'll take him down. He did well in our one-week wonders, actually. I was going to save this all later, but we may as well segue a little into Ollie. He was our guest last week, and he got 69 points in the one-week wonders team. 
So no, he did well in that team as well. Is he top now with that? No, he's second. One point off top. Oof. 70 for Rob Parrish. He's still riding high. But he had a very good game week. A lot of the players he picked did well. Pulisic was another who uh, pulled off some points. Did you pick Pulisic? I dropped Sterling for him. Oh, so that was a good move. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's such a good call. At the moment, uh, as well. Just, I can think you just, editor, can you just <laughs> chop that up? <laughs> and, uh, I think Pulisic is, yeah, I, I had my doubts a little bit, but having seen him last week as well, I thought, yeah, I think he's going to be there for the, the season, really. When you're hot, you're hot. Yeah. And he is right now very in form. Just everything he kicks seems to go in. And there's certain teams that need to rely on players like that. I mean, you know, that's taken him a little while to settle in this season, but you can see now that Chelsea will they'll put like form most of their game around him. Really. We'll see. And for me, I look at Chelsea and I think they could possibly go through little phases all the time because it seems like a lot of their players go on little streaks then step back a little bit and go on little streaks. So you had Mason Mount at the start of the season. Sammy Abraham's been pretty consistent, to be fair to him. Now Pulisic is coming in. There's even the likes. The problem with saying our Pulisic could be the sort of star in the centre of that, he definitely could. But they've just got so many options Like on the bench. they have like William's been brilliant for them since he came in. Uh, he was fantastic at the weekend as well. Who did they beat at the weekend? I'm forgetting. Was it Palace? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So yeah, he was great. You find a lot game. of the big teams do that though, don't they? They tend to almost like rotate through their star players. The yeah, city. and you know, I think it's only a matter of time until Hudson Odoi becomes the man as well, and I expect him to do that this season. Um, so it depends. Lampard's got a great problem there. I don't. I, I can't see Willian keeping up this level of performance for the rest of the season. I think mm. he will be the guy that loses out. Um, but it's a nice problem to have. Yeah. A little bit of Pedro to drizzle on top for a couple Pedro. of goals here and there. I'm glad he's fallen off the scene a little bit. I do not rate Pedro. But I think he was, he was in there at the start of the season, wasn't he? Because there were a few different injuries and Pulisic yeah. wasn't quite a match fit. But I, uh, so when I got rid of Sterling and put Pulisic in, sorry, Pulisic, um, freed up a load of cash. So I took Callum Wilson out and put Vardy in. So... That was another good move. Two barnstorming substitutions then. A good <laughs> a good little transfer window for you. <laughs> Dave, you can you can learn from that this game week. You got a big game week here. Did you make any transfers last week? Um I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, did I put Tillemans in? I, I think don't I, know. Put, I think I put Tillemans in. Didn't make a massive difference. Uh I've made loads of transfers and taken loads of deductions though already. <laughs> <laughs> this week. So. I'm looking forward to going through yeah. that. Same we'll part. go through it all in a bit, shall we? <laughs> yeah. So this week's mid-podcast hot topic is Goal 50, which for the three of us, it's certainly consumed a bit of our life the last month or so. Uh, during the November international break, Goal revealed the top 50 players of last season, so that's 2018-19, cut-off points sort of being after the, the Women's World Cup or Copa America. Uh, for the first time, we split the list 50-50 between men and women. So we had two winners, two top 25 lists, ranks in order. Uh, Virgil van Dijk and Megan Rapino were the winners. What did you guys make of them? Did you think they were worthy winners? Were they your picks? I voted for Alison to win the men's one um, because, as you know, well, as some people might know, I, I, I adore winners. That's why I love McTominay. That's why I love Ramos. Um, you know, they, they're just natural winners. And he won the most. And... <laughs> He was. He won as much as Van Dyke. He won the Copa America. Didn't see Verge picking up anything yeah, on the international scene. 
Yeah, 1-0. Sam. They got to um, the Nations League final. Didn't Edison oh, did, did win? <laughs> no. Who started no. in golf for Brazil in the Copa America? Alisson all the way through. Did he? Yeah. All right. There goes um, my he can't game. have a goalkeeper winning there. Why not? Oh, you just can't. Move I, the I'm with Dave, Dave as, as, a, as a goalkeeper ever won the Ballon d'Or? Like, no, Neuer came. Uh, Levi yeah, did, yeah. like in the 30s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in a very different era. Yeah, he Neuer was probably got, the best footballer on the pitch as well with his feet. Neuer got closest with his top three in the uh, 2013-14 sort of periods. I, I, I picked Alisson because the difference he made to Liverpool, um, going from either you know, Mignolet or Carrius to, to him was a, an absolute sea change. The amount, I, th- I think he only conceded in one match in the Copa America as well. Um and Brazil haven't won that for quite a while. Uh, he he was just, I think, he had the most successful year. Van Dijk was great. Um, I actually voted for him third. I thought Messi had a better season. So, yeah, I agree with you there. So we found some common grounds. I voted Messi as my number one. I was a little bit a little bit sad that he didn't win. I do think that Virgil van Dijk is a worthy number two. When we tallied up, we had uh, dozens and dozens of people voted uh, from across the network of correspondents and editors at goal. We've got, like... 18 languages or something, lots and lots of different countries. Van Dyke and Messi were by far the top two out of all those different votes, and it was pretty much neck and neck until the end. Van Dyke just edged it. But he's a worthy winner, even if I didn't put him as number one. He did have a fantastic season. And with Dave in the Allison, I find it hard to vote for a goalkeeper as number one, unless they've been like beyond fantastic, completely match-winning in every respect. And I think that Allison definitely did win them games, saved some key goals for them, I guess, at the back that Carrius definitely wouldn't have saved. But the the, the sort of presence and the goal scoring now and the defensive now that Van Dyke brings to that Liverpool team, for me it's the he was the big the big one in that defence, sort of more so than Alisson last season. That's a bit Ronaldo for me. Ronaldo? Yeah. Were you Ronaldo fan? Yeah. I didn't know you voted for Ronaldo. Yeah, so I mean what? What? Because he, he goes how old is he now? Like what was he, thirty three? I think he's like thirty four. And he gets he gets yeah. the transfer to Syria. Syria player of the season. Twenty one so. was it? 21 goals or something like that he scored. Is that it? It's, come on. I mean, <laughs> you can't, the thing is, like, I, I love Van Dyke. I absolutely love Van Dyke. yeah. He is a, and having met him for the interview as well, he's a colossus of a man. Like, he, you know, he's an amazing personality and everything. But what this is not about that, though, is it? <laughs> this is about what you do on the pitch. I mean, Ronaldo, he, he's R- just done it. It's like, the, it's the same with Messi every year, year so on year. So you want to reward him so. for his career then? So you're essentially saying this is like Ryan Giggs winning the PFA No, but player. it's it's still, no, not really, because it's the same. With Ronaldo, it's like we're discounting like how well they've done a little bit, aren't we? But with Ronaldo and Messi, Did they really the fact do that, that well, they've not though? won this, it's going like, oh yeah, they've, they've been great, but they're always great. So they can finish second and third. Yeah, but, the, go on, Miles, I think you're going to just destroy Dave well, anyway. Well, I was going to say, if there was an award for the best performance of the year, then Ronaldo would probably edge it for that performance against Atletico Madrid. But for me, the mm. overall season, it's difficult to put him above Messi when the the impact that Messi had on the pitch for Barcelona was phenomenal. I know he didn't win as much, which is probably why he didn't win it over Van Dijk this year. But you look at his numbers, they were just insane last season. Like yeah. His goal scoring and his assists, there was no one that could come near him. I think you're right about Ronaldo being a star in Serie A, and he was also a star at times in the Champions League, but... Juventus kind of fizzled out, didn't they, in the Champions League a bit? That's why. Yeah, that's but why, you can't carry the whole team all the time, can you? I mean, it's that's why they that's why they got him though to take that step because they're gonna win Serie A mm. every season regardless. Yeah. He was signed to take that step to win them the Champions League, and he failed. It's pretty difficult though, isn't it? This season, well, the season just gone in the Champions League. They thought Messi was going to take Barcelona to Champions League glory. You know, that was the season. 
didn't he do a big talk to the to the fans at the new camp about like how this was going to be the season we're going to take and that you know they got knocked out the Champions League is difficult to win isn't it it's not something you can necessarily say oh we'll sign one player and he will win you the Champions League I think it put a lot of pressure on Juventus to then go on and win it we've got Ronaldo yeah we're going to win it yeah but it's not um, like they had you know, Man United's team is it they had a, no no a world they've got good team. players definitely but not just that. I mean, if you're talking about internationals as well, then they got to you know Portugal got to the Nations League final. They with won Ronaldo it. They won, it. won it. So yeah. Uh, and the was it Switzerland they played in the semis where he was he was unbelievable. That hat trick he scored was one of the the best in recent memories. Um, yeah, which is it's just it is just amazing. But I think we, we we have got to the stage with those two now where we're starting to get a little bit tired of their successes and they're almost getting a little bit forgotten because we do want new. I think, I think uh, icons been, coming I think through. We've been a little there bit, for a good you know? few years. Um, you know, they've been rocking it for what 13, 14 years now. Um, it's crazy. I, isn't I, it? I will never tire of their successes. They are the lifeblood of goal. <laughs> <laughs> Please never retire. Uh, Ronaldo did finish fourth. So they did quite well. Yeah. Uh, I think fourth for me, fourth is about the right place for Ronaldo. So above him, Salah was third, which I actually don't agree with. I agree on last season as a whole. I think Mane had a sec- better second half of the season. And I think Mane, at time we're going to press, is a better player than Salah. Certainly for 2019. If we were doing a calendar year for 2019, Mane has had the better calendar year. Um, I actually voted Salah to win goal 50 uh, last year. I thought he had an incredible, what was it, 2017-18? Yeah. Um, but it's, I, he wasn't quite as impressive last season. But number three, for me, this kind of reflects a little bit of the fact that he. I don't think he was that high last season. And when you sort of compare where his reputation is right now, he is now seen in that sort of lofty amount. He wasn't yeah. just a one-season wonder. But last season, they actually won something. And they, it wasn't just the League Cup, it was the Champions League. That, that, you know, that automatically pushes them up. I think it depends on how much you weigh winning a trophy. That's, like, what, that's what football's for. I think, it, yeah, at a base level, that's what football's for. But it's kind of like the, the debate between, is Messi better than Maradona? I, I think Messi's better than Maradona. And yet some people would say, oh, well, he didn't win the World Cup, Maradona won the World Cup. That, yeah, but it's a slightly different argument, though, because Messi has won a ridiculous amount of trophies in his career. Um, f- basing it all on just one trophy is, I think, erroneous. And I agree, Messi, Messi is better than Maradona because mm. he's done it for far longer and has won more. Um, and just to back up, this, you know, I've, I've thought about this for a while. Like the season before for Goal 50, I voted for Varane to win. Champions League... World Cup, it was the bedrock of both teams. Yeah, and I didn't agree with that either. I know. <laughs> <laughs> we have a very different approach to how we rank uh, award winners, I think. Um, you, you mentioned before, actually, Dave, about how you met Van Dyke. Yes. How was that? Was that a good, uh, a good yeah, day? Yeah, it was amazing. I mean, it's a, you know, I've done a few of these interviews now and I don't often, don't really feel starstruck, you know. But with him... He's just got an aura about him, you know. Big you can see player. why he's such a, an influential character in that dressing room. He's a, he, he has a he has a calmness to him as well, you know, that just you know, like a cool calmness to him that just I'd imagine is very settling for the rest of the team. Um, yeah, it, it, it was really interesting. Learned a lot about him as well, you know, in the build up to it about you know his time at Celtic and Groningen and you know how the from almost as soon as he just started to make it through people started to realize what a great footballer he was mm. um to the point where Celtic even wanted to move him into midfield they wanted him to be a midfielder in that team because he was easily one of the best ball players in the in the side um 
And Van Dyke, you know, again, personality-wise, just turns around and goes, no, I'm a central defender. That's what I'm saying. And he said that to the manager. You know, can you imagine just having the balls to even just say to the manager, no, that, this is my position, this is mm. where I'm staying. You know, and obviously, f- as far as his career goes, it pays off in the long term, does that, doesn't it? So, yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was amazing. Uh, top guy. And yeah, I, I mean, I suppose the next the next thing now is, will he win the Ballon d'Or? And does he deserve to win the Ballon d'Or? I think he does. Like he deserves it, even if I think Messi is the better player. Messi, he won the best award, didn't he? Yeah. Um, I think even with that in mind, I think either of them would be a deserving winner. Putting on my little fencing hat. Um, but I, I did really enjoy that video, and and you know a lot of our readers or users did as well. Hundred ninety thousand views. It's already got on YouTube. Yeah, it's, it's done really well. I'd certainly recommend any podcast listeners to check it out on Goal's YouTube channel. If you just search Virgil Van Dyke, a Liverpool legend in the making, you can check it out. Um, yeah, a great bit of video content. I think the Goal 50 has correctly chosen the Ballon d'Or winner for the past 10 years. Is that a foreshadowing thing then? <laughs> That's the only assumption you can draw from it. <laughs> uh, we are neglecting a little bit the women's side of the uh, award, which Megan Rapino won this year. I think she's probably a good example. I mean, I mentioned before about how oh, just because you win things doesn't necessarily mean you should take the award home but for me she's a good exception that proves the rule a little bit you know she wasn't necessarily the best player over the entire season taking into consideration um the women's league in in the u.s but just what she did at the world cup and how she essentially went from somebody who became somebody who was certainly known in women's football circles even if you followed up casually you kind of knew vaguely who megan rapino was to being a genuine superstar of the sport um she she the summer was very much hers wasn't it yeah it was. I mean, yeah, she was the she was the personality you thought of. I think when you thought of the women's World Cup mm. um, at the end of it, which, like you say, I mean, it, it does depend what these awards are necessarily judged on. I think over the last twelve months, those two players, Van Dyke and Rapino, are the ones that stick in your mind as being the most prominent. Yeah, defining um, the sort. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. They're characterizing the game at that particular time, if you like. Yeah. Um, what do you so reckon? yeah, it's. I, I mean. I, to be honest, though, Lucy Bronze, for me, would have been would have been my number one. Really? So, yeah, I mean, she no, won the challenge. Hang on, you'd, you'd pick, you wouldn't choose a goalkeeper to win uh, <laughs> the Ballon d'Or, but you'd choose a right back. It's an outfield player, though. Let's yeah, it's say. an outfield player. It's only like Not Van Dijk winning the Ballon d'Or, isn't it? It's defender. I mean, I don't have a problem. With, I don't have a problem with defenders. Just <laughs> goalkeepers. <laughs> well, just goal- players. Look, I'm not. I'm not like box. nagging on goalkeepers. My stepson's a goalkeeper and everything. They they have a massive role to play, you know. And then, at you the end of the day, you did really well, but you'll never win the Ballon d'Or. <laughs> <laughs> Look, how many goalkeepers won the Ballon d'Or? We we said that, didn't we? It was. It's been a long time, and there's probably a good reason for that as well. They're, they're hardly the superstars of the game. Unfortunately, they are the kind of forgotten heroes, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, but Lucy Bronze, I mean, yeah, she's a right back, but she's she was also like a midfielder in the uh, World Cup final against USA. She's she could easy. I don't know why she doesn't play in midfield more. I'm guessing it's kind of a tactical thing with wing backs. Maybe, maybe she's a bit like Van Dyke. She's just like I'm a right back. Yeah, this that's you know know your strengths yeah. and everything. But um, she yeah, she got to she won the Champions League with Leon, didn't she? She won the treble. She won the silver ball at the World Cup for the second, yeah. second best player in the World Cup. So. You know, she certainly deserves to be in that top two. I'd probably lean towards Rapino just because of the cultural impact. But certainly, you know, on the pitch, a, a year-round achievements. Without the World Cup, she would have won. Um, she would have won the goal 50, I think. But with the World Cup, it's hard to look over Rapino. Yeah, I, th- I think next year, it Lucy Rollins will finish second again. And I think Sam Kerr will win. 
essentially. New yeah. Chelsea signing. She's uh, she's just goals. Yeah. Goals, goals, goals. Um, and I think if you were basing it on goals and attacking returns, then arguably she should have won. I think she's the top scorer in NWSL uh, history and the top scorer in the Aussies uh, Women's League history as well. And, you know, she's not even, like, at the end of her career or anything. She's she is a goal machine. 27? I think around that age, yeah. She might be 28, but she's in that sort of bracket, yeah, where she's clearly at the peak of her career, but, you know, she's not long gone or anything. She had a great World Cup as well. Australia didn't do as well as a matter of hopes, but she scored plenty of goals. So she was third. Uh, Hagerberg, uh, Ballon d'Or winner last year. She was fourth. She was another who had a great season with Leon. Yeah, and fifth is Pernille Harder, who won goal 50 in 2017. Uh, she had another fantastic year. I think Wolfsburg won the double. Um, lots to be proud of there. And yeah, I think as, as I'm scrolling down the list here, some other names across the gender spectrum. So we have Raheem Sterling, who came sixth for the men. Uh, we have Frankie de Jong, who's someone who this time last year, if you told me they'll be in goal 50. I think it's hard, sometimes hard. To, I was going to ask who we think could be in goal 50 this time next year. But the likes of de Jong, uh, De Ligt, Tadic. If you'd you'd have been a brave or a madman to predict this time last year, mad to have um, even if there was fifty men um, like in previous years to expect those three to to all be in it. Um, You might you might have reached a little bit with Tadic because I think he scored some goals in the Champions League group stage, but I still think most people would have gone. Nah, they're going to get knocked out. I mean, it's going to be a surprise when Lundstrom's in it next year, isn't it? All the players that you expect to do well at the moment, certainly in the Premier League, don't appear to be <laughs> don't appear to be firing on all cylinders. So uh, this list would be destroyed by that point, and you'd have people like uh, yeah Lundstrom in there. And I would love that Vardy, a Sheffield United player. In there. Vardy's been in it before, hasn't he? Well, Vardy is someone who. I mean, you look at that Leicester team at the moment. You could say if they get in the top four, you've got to include one of them. Like some of those players have been fantastic so far this season. Madison is increasingly making a case to be, uh, you know, one of the England starting players at the Euros next summer. Uh, Vardy won't be there because he's already retired for the England national team. But, you know, you've got Sionchu who's doing really well. Schmeichel's having a blind over season. Yeah, I think Schmeichel's um, a great shout to be in there next year. If, obviously, Leicester carry on and um, assuming Denmark have qualified, I imagine, for the Euros, and he has a good Euros, um, I think he's blossoming with age. Mm. Um, funnily enough, I used to play football with Kasper Schmeichel. <laughs> 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 Can't believe he got that in again. Uh, I'm just looking at the players who didn't make the list this year. Some familiar faces from previous years. Paul Pogba. No way he's in it next year. No. No from Dave as well. No. I don't know. Uh, what about Actually, Neymar? do you know what? I, 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 I take that back. Because when he comes back, there is a gaping hole in the number 10 um, shirt for United. Or that number 10 spot. He took that and has empowers United to third position, like I've predicted. Um, and France, I think, are, are the... The favourites for the Euros, in my opinion, next year, just because their entire squad, the depth is phenomenal. If he, you know, if he powers them forward again, him and Kante in the middle, um, he could have a great second half. He, he won't win it, but I could easily see him making it top ten if he does what um, the very best that you could expect. Euros could be a bit of a curveball for this list because there were always some players who shine mm. at the, the finals of these tournaments that inevitably get uh, thrust into the limelight a little bit. It's I would, almost like people deem winning to be important. It almost is like that, yeah, mm. almost. I, uh, I I just hope that Messi can win it this year. I really hope next year we get to give it to Messi because I just, I just think he deserves another goal 50 win, you know? Yeah, he does, actually. He, he was robbed this year, if I'm going to be honest. 
but he does have Copper America next year to potentially piggyback on because they just throw coppers every year nowadays. Uh, so, but it, because the Euros is a bigger tournament, it could be a case of the Euros takes the limelight a bit. Ronaldo once again comes in, <laughs> steals away the winners. Messi's just a bit like me in FPL, you know, he just can't win. <laughs> in international tournaments, I think he's cursed or something. Yeah, he certainly with Argentina, he just seems like it's the penalty shootouts and the copper. He didn't have that this year, but... I uh, I think Mane will be top two. Top two. Yeah. I think if he is able to continue his rich vein of form, Liverpool win the league. Um, I think he will... I think he'll be up there. If, like, in a, an imaginary world, in which this obviously wouldn't happen, but if the season finished right now, who would you give the Gold 50 award to? Lewandowski. Lewandowski? Yeah. Why is that? Um, because he is just... I, remember, I think he's like scored 16, 17 goals already. Um, they absolutely battered Dortmund. They uh, battered Spurs. Um, I, I adored his both his goals for... Bayern against Spurs and he is just the he's the centre forward at the moment um, and I think without him obviously Bayern are, are doing doing well but it's Bayern uh, he is the difference maker that's making them look really scary at the moment edges him above Lundstrom oh. <laughs> I'm going to say yes <laughs> okay yeah. just about what about you Dave I don't know really um I mean, the, the thing is, I suppose a few weeks ago it would have been Sterling because he just looked to be absolutely sensational, but he's fallen away so dramatically since then. Yeah. Um, I'm, I suppose it'd have to be a Liverpool player. Liverpool just like the best team in Europe at the moment. For me, it'd be Mane right now. Yeah. If I was going to judge it purely on performances this season. De Bruyne had that fantastic period, sort of the first eight games of the season. He's gone a little bit off since then. It's hard to necessarily give it to him, but... Draboin is someone who didn't make this list actually this year's list because he had such a, a torrid twenty. Yeah, he, he played a couple of months, didn't he? So yeah, yeah he got two goals, two assists. Um, but he's one of those players who looks on the surface like, oh, I can't believe Draboin didn't make this list. But you know, purely yeah. on last season's results, he definitely didn't deserve it. Once Liverpool can move Trent into midfield, then he'll be the next De Bruyne. De Bruyne. Move Trent into midfield. Do yeah. you reckon that's where? Oh yeah, I mean, he's, he's he's comparable to De Bruyne in the way he swings crosses in. I mean, you know, he's, I think he, I think that, I think that's where he'll go. I mean, it's kind of like Gareth Bale did, you know, Gareth Bale started as a bit of a fullback, didn't he? And they just realised what, how amazing it was. Um, yeah, his finishing was always pretty phenomenal, wasn't it? Mm, so I think there's potential there for Trent to move up the field slightly, but we'll see. Mm. I suppose, I suppose then Liverpool have got to find someone similar to him to drop in at the back. I don't know if they've got someone like that already or. Um, does that uh, Kiana Hoover? He plays right back, doesn't he? The young Dutch. The young Dutch kid, I'm pretty sure he's mm. a fullback. But they did it at the weekend, actually. They moved Trent into midfield for a little bit when, towards the end of the game, Joe Gomez came on, played at right back for a bit. And then they were kind of like double covering Sterling because he was causing a bit of chaos down that yeah. left wing for Man City. Yeah, he's um, not the best defender, Trent, is he either, really? No, he his strength is more in, in the attacking sense. Yeah. Like, you know, and it, but I was going to say his finishing isn't as good as the likes of Bale, but he is a fantastic free kick taker. Yeah, like he's, he's I'd imagine if he got the chance, you know, he, if he got more chances in the box or in and around the area, he'd be able to take them. From for judging on what his free kicks are like, and mm. certainly how he can swing a ball into the area, but I don't know. That's think, probably one of the most exciting things, actually. That could be like a new signing for Liverpool if it, he moves forward. I guess it depends on if they change their formation. I can't see him playing a right wing role no. in the sense of the same way that, for example, Salah does on that right wing. 
it's hard to see him cutting inside and doing the same sort of things. But yeah. if you had a right midfielder in a four midfield, I could definitely see that. He'd be great. Little mini Beckham mm. whipping in those crosses. So yeah, he's one to, to sort of keep an eye on next year. It's interesting to see if he makes the list. He was 15th this year, uh, ahead of Lewandowski, 16th actually. So Lewandowski did make the list. He was the only Bayern entrant this year. There were two Dortmund entrants this year. So Jaden Sancho was 18th and Marco Royce was 24th. I think um, I think Sancho's just had the probably worst season he's had in his career at Dortmund. It's early days, yeah. Um, which, you know, from a base of a year and a half. But uh, I think he needs to pick it up. I um, agree. England will cover up a bit of it. He will go to the Euros um, and yeah. he will probably have a, a, a marquee role in it. But he's not guaranteed to start either for England. You'll have Hudson Odoi absolutely firing. Um, you know, the reports I've read over the past six months are generally that Hudson Odoi is rated higher than Sancho. Mm-hmm. Um, Rashford on the other side. Uh, I mean, it depends what they play. Whether Sterling ends up playing through the middle with Kane, whether he replaces Kane. Um, so I think Sancho's. Uh, in danger of not making the goal 50. Yeah, year. I found him disappointing for England, even when he was um, on top form for Dortmund. When he when he was playing in the England team, th- I felt like he, he wasn't, you know, setting the world on fire. We kind of, we, you know, he came on a substitute and you're kind of thinking, oh, great, you know, this is going to be a guy who opens opens uh, the opposition up. But it's just looked a bit lacklustre, really. I don't know if he's a... He, I, I kind of feel a little bit like, might be a show pony slightly and i think at certain levels you get found out when you're that like that but that's probably totally unjustified i think but i think think but it's but he does have to he does have to prove it and i I don't think if he was looking for a move in the summer and he's slightly disappointed that he's had to stay at dortmund and he's taken his foot off the pedal then that's a lack of experience there and i don't i don't i don't think that's wise for any player yeah, I mean, the difference you've got with someone like uh, Sancho to someone like Rashford, like Rashford's form hasn't been consistently great for Man United, but because he has that history with the England team of actually performing for the international side, it's a lot easier to kind of overlook that for Southgate and say, oh, you know what, Rashford deserves his place here, he's been key to this team. If Sancho isn't performing in the same matches, it's hard to make that argument. And it is a very competitive sort of attacking lineup now, that England side. Much better than it's been for quite a while, actually. Mm. Um, you know, we talked about... This, Abraham, who we haven't really mentioned in this so far, but Hudson-Odoi already mentioned, Kane, Rashford, Callum Wilson barely gets a, a nudge in, but he's been in great form for Bournemouth for the past couple of years. There are loads of players that can make in that attacking side. Mm. Vardy out retirement. And players and teams looking to sign Sancho from Dortmund will be also thinking to themselves, oh, is, it, you know, is this the player we think he is? You know, get, Because it, you can only really judge footballers on what they did in their last game, can't you? Or what, they did, what they've done in their last season. You would like to think he was signing somebody for what they did previous season, you know, especially when you're spending what could be in excess of sixty million. Yeah, well, they'd want triple figures, wouldn't they? They'd want their one hundred. So it'll be interesting to see how much uh, they fork out for it. But yeah, I think Sancho transfer talk will bubble as the season goes on. Dortmund never wanted to sell him this summer, but you never know about next season. Let's move on then to our teams for game week 13. No one week wonders this week. We've already gone over how well Ollie did last week. Sam, what changes have you made or are you considering making? I am considering... I've got two little issuettes with my team. 
Mm. Um, my keeper, got Tom Heaton in goal. Um, Button on the bench, obviously doesn't play. He and obviously um, he only missed last week because he was ill. But uh, I think he's five. He's only owned by five point eight percent at the moment, so he's a little bit of a differential, and he's done all right. He's picked up a few clean sheets, mm. two. Um, so I'm looking to take him out and put Gazaniga in of Spurs because um, I think Lloris is looking to be out for quite a bit longer uh, similar price makes sense um, I've also I've got Mendy mm. and I thought that was an inspired uh, purchase at 5.9 um, but he's not played a minute since I bought him in which is uh, a slight concern and I, I want to ship Campbell out as well because Norwich uh, uh, Bobbins yeah and he's he seems to have been relegated to a bench role now he's played 6 minutes and 28 minutes in his last two matches got to be one point a failure of a footballer I'm quite surprised you want Gazaniga actually because uh, he hasn't kept a clean sheet yet for Spurs Spurs' defence is woeful although I am looking where have you got points from there he got 8 points in one week that must have been a penalty save or something I got a bonus 3 saves 12 Oh, this is against Liverpool. So he racks up the points there. But for me, I, that Spurs defence is shaky as hell. I wouldn't go near any of those defenders or no, goalkeepers. don't touch Spurs. All right, me too. <laughs> <laughs> in, in, inform Miles and the yeah. sage. That <laughs> Sit on my little throne here. Um, I'm actually, when we're talking about goalkeepers here, so I've got Pope, who has been an absolute dreamboat. But I am thinking about bringing in a, a second goalkeeper and rotating a little bit because... I, I kind of like the the fallback option. I think Burnley have a bit of a of a rocky run coming up as well. After these next couple of games, they've got yeah Man City, then Tottenham, uh, game week fifteen and sixteen, and then after that they've got a few tricky games over the Christmas period too. So I would quite like a little fallback option. Not settled on who that will be yet, but I am looking a little bit at Bournemouth's goalkeeper. Look at you kind of lining up a reserve goalkeeper because <laughs> your team's so perfect. <laughs> Mate, as, what can I say? I've got I've got a bit of money to burn, and uh, and I really want another goalkeeper. So what? I go for cheap yeah, goalkeepers here. I go for cheap goalkeepers. I mean, I've got four point three million in the bank, and I don't need it at the moment. So if if there was a way, Dave, for me to give it to you to give it a bit more of a chance, I would. But unfortunately, the mechanics of the game don't allow it. Oh God, do I have to put up with this for the rest of the season? <laughs> do we know without looking here? Do we know who the top points going goalkeeper is for this season? Because uh, I didn't until I just saw it right the second. Dean Henderson. No, but it's not a bad shout. It's not Pope. No, it's not Pope. No, I don't know. Matt Ryan. Really? Wouldn't have called that without looking at it. Yeah, 55 points. 4.7 million. So I think he must have gone up 0.2 million because people must have cottoned on. He's getting a few points here and there. But Brighton don't screen clean sheets to me at all. How has he picked those no. up then? He's picked them up with four clean sheets. And I think it's just a lot of save points. They've conceded 17 goals, I think. I was having a look at Brighton before to see if they were particularly good defensively, but I'll tell they're, you where, they're all right. They're pretty average. I'll tell you where he's picked them up. He's picked up 11 bonus points so far this season, which is pretty hefty for a goalkeeper. Um, so, he's clear, I mean, he was the man of the match in the last game against Man United. He got the most points. What? Yeah. <laughs> in a, what was it? Was it 3-1? Yeah. Yeah. But there you go. Something weird going on there. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's not. there's not really a runaway goalkeeper. And you look at the top goalkeepers as well. It's very, very telling the absence of top team goalkeepers. Like, there's no top six keeper in there at all. Um, you know, you've got Ramsdale, Henderson, Patricio, Foster. It's it's not necessarily an area. I guess Schmeichel for Leicester, technically, I guess they yeah. are now a top four team. But certainly not the traditional top six. 
Obviously, there have been the problem with Liverpool where they had switch goalkeepers with Alisson getting injured. It'll be interesting to see if he can rise his way up there. I can't believe Edison is still 6 million um, when he's not really racking up the points. I was quite happy I dropped him early on, actually, for Pope. Good yeah, little good move, money-saving exercise. For me, the only transfer I was thinking about this week has been completely torpedoed by the ban for Bernardo Silva for his stupid tweet about Benjamin Mendy. Um, so it means I don't really have an option to do, but I was going to throw him in. Did well against Liverpool. I think he got 10 points. Uh, Man City have some fixtures coming up which he could get some points in. I noticed looking at their attackers that he's one of the ones who is actually starting every game as well at the moment. He's kind of flown under the radar a little oh, bit. Oh, you think that now? I think that now. I mean, he's not going to start next game now because he's banned. But So there goes my only option. I might. The only other thing I might want to do is put in an Arsenal attacker. Because Arsenal have Southampton. Yeah, they've got a favourable run, haven't they? Southampton, Norwich, Brighton and West Ham. There you go. Yeah, which is so, uh, very appetising. But they'll have to pull the socks up, won't they? Based on their current form. But you'd imagine in those games they will. They're terrible. Absolutely terrible away from home. But at home, they're yeah. slightly better. And uh, yeah, Southampton at home, I think, is the next game. And Southampton just look... Other than... They somehow conjured a really good defensive performance against Man City. But other than that, they've just been absolutely dreadful. I was looking at Arsenal players, and I, there wasn't a, I mean, there wasn't a great deal that I thought I would I would put in there. Gwendozi seems to be the best option. I mean, he's you've got him, haven't you, on your bench? Yeah, he's four point six. He'll, yeah, he'll he's be, like one of the top scorers. Yeah, he's, yeah, but only for Arsenal, he's not like a real option, is he? No, but Aubameyang was the one who I kind of wanted he's to cheap, squeeze though. in, but he's so expensive as Aubameyang. But yeah. he, he's the the safest option if you're looking for an Arsenal attacker mm. because he he consistently does score points, even with Arsenal being. A bit crap this season so far. He's still racked at the points. He's the fourth highest striker in terms of points with 69 points. Well How behind. much is he? 11 million. So he's, he is a premium yeah. attacker. That's the problem. Like Vardy. But if you had Aguero, you might want to swap him for someone like... That's very true. Aubameyang. Save yourself a million. Mm. They've got the same amount of points pretty much. Aguero's got 70 points, so one more. But he's not... Most of those points were picked up in the start of the season. He's been pretty off the boil since then. He just he could not score for love nor money against Liverpool. Like you could tell he really, really, really wanted yeah, to score at Anfield. Just, Everything was skewing wide. Um, I think what also gets more worrying for City is that Sane is going to be back in a couple of months. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. So you know, trying to pick an attacker that starts week in week out. Yeah, could just start. <laughs> Absolute yeah roulette. Mm. Dave, what changes do you think about? Or what changes no, have you I've made? made them. I've made them. I've confirmed it. I've saved my team. I've just it's it's. What's your deficit? It's an absolute. Uh, I don't know. I think it's <laughs> minus twelve or something. <laughs> I've gone full in. So Mendy's gone. <coughs> Chilwell's in. A lot of this is players I've had before. That's the most annoying thing. So now I'm paying a premium for them because they're better than they were when I had them before. That must hurt. So yeah, Mendy's out. Chilwell's in. McTominay's out. David Silva's in. Callum Wilson's out. Delafeu's in. And Firmino's out. And Vardy's in. And there are my changes. Oh, mate, that is doomed for failure. <laughs> I, it can only get better, I think. I've, I've, I have to do something slightly different. I, mean, I could just look at Miles's team and think I could more or less replicate that. But I have to do something a little bit different. He's only had one great week, remember? Yeah, but what he's done is now, if you look at his team, he's actually set it up with the guys who are, who are consistently performing week in, week out. We are getting to that stage in the FPL season now where you can identify these players. You can identify the teams that are doing well. For me, Leicester are going to be... You know, they'll I probably did, finish third, in my opinion. But The thing I did well, uh, I've made a lot of bad decisions so far in this fantasy, fantasy league, but the one thing I'm quite happy with is I got on that Leicester hype train nice and early. Yeah. Um, with Sionchu especially. Now he's he's racking up the uh, the price. I think he's, what, 4.9 million now? I think I got him when he was 4.5. He's only going to go up in price as well. I think, is he the top scoring defender? No, Lundstrom will be. 
It you... was just a case of sticking with Leicester because I mean I was the same at the start of the season with you know along with probably Everton. I think we rated them as yeah. two teams that were going to do really well this season, but mm. lost a bit of faith with uh, Leicester for, you know, too start. quickly. Yeah, too quickly because they didn't look all that, but. They're uh, they're in a fine vein of form now, and yeah, yeah, I can't see them letting up really before the end of the season. Delafeo was an outside one you brought in there. Yeah, that's which is that, that that's, that's kind bad, of my bad, bad choice. Again, I could put Jimenez in. I think that's a good choice that you've got there, Miles, with Jimenez um, up front. Mm. Wolves do well. I think he takes penalties for them as well, doesn't he? He's in form at the moment. Yeah, he's, he's yellow for some reason on the FPL game, but he's in form. They've got a good run of fixtures. FPL does not class it all. You know, they've got the little green colour-coding system. Yeah, yeah. Like, they're not that green when you look at it. But actually, Bournemouth away, Sheffield United at home, West Ham at home, which is classed as a, as a three for some reason rather than a two. But West Ham are terrible at the moment, like, absolutely dreadful. Brighton away, there's some real, like, point-scoring opportunities there for Jimenez. Yeah. So, yeah. But uh, Delefeo, I don't... I disagree with Sam. I think it's not a bad show. Yeah, the reason is because he's also a different player to the one everyone else has got. Um... Since Flores came back to Watford, they've got slightly better. They've drawn their last three. They've had some difficult fixtures, to be fair, as well, along the way. Delefeu's, I think he takes penalties for them. Scored against Spurs, scored against Chelsea. You know, these are tough matches. Mm. Scored against Newcastle, didn't he? Is it Newcastle they played against? Earlier in the season. Oh. He didn't score against them. Either. No, he's not. He scored two all season. But in the last two games, he's definitely turned his form around a bit. Um, Hasn't he scored three? No. No, he's scored two. He might have scored well, maybe a couple of fake news, man. But um, anyway, you know, it's he's it, fairly cheap, so it's just kind of like balanced the books to a certain degree. And I think I'll be rotating him on and off the bench. But uh, their next match is against Burnley, so they've got Burnley, Southampton, and then Leicester, which is a difficult one. But Palace after that, so there are games there where they could, the next two at least, they could pick, pick something up. Yeah. Um, and if they are going to turn their season around, they'll have to do it <sighs> in those games. And then the Leicester Palace game is the Leicester and Palace game is two difficult games, but we will see. I'm not kind of like I don't think they're completely doomed this season, but we'll I don't think so. I think they've been slowly climbing. I think because they were on such a low point score, yeah, that you kind of thought that they were just gone, done, and dusted. But they have been slowly getting a bit better. They didn't shame themselves against Chelsea a few weeks back, and yeah, I think that they can climb their way out. I mean, you look at Norwich here in free fall, the injury crisis, complete confidence crisis, yeah. Uh, Southampton are just absolutely dreadful. It's only a matter of time before their manager gets sacked. And then you look at the sort of teams above that, you know, Watford could climb their way out. And yeah, they could. I mean, it's that little mess. I, I think that, that oh no. Villa are struggling, aren't they? Sam, you look a bit disappointed there. What's up? I just, Watford are going to get relegated. <laughs> they're not They're not looking resurgent in any way, shape or form. They beat Norwich. Well done, lads. Um, lost to Chelsea. Drew with Bournemouth. Big fat wow. Couldn't even beat Tottenham away uh, and drew 0-0 with Sheffield United. Don't get me wrong, right? Watford are not necessarily out of danger, but I just I don't think they're as bad as, as Southampton or Norwich. I just don't think man for man, a lot of those players are, are much better than the, than uh, they were at the start of the yeah, season. But, you know, we're sort of in tallest midget territory there, aren't we? <laughs> I well, mean, to be honest, like draws against nil nil draws against Sheffield United and Bournemouth are pretty good results against those teams who have been who are relatively strong, especially Sheffield United. They've actually been pretty stubborn. quite good defensively because yeah. again, only to lose two one to Chelsea, uh, a team you would say were streets ahead of where Watford should be. Um, oh, Janmat is one of the form defenders right now. You know, he's racking up the points. He's got uh, in the last five games, he's got seven points, zero points, six points, twelve points, nine points. Yeah. So only one of them did he get fewer than six points. Right, should we have a little bet. 
Go I on then. Know what. Right. As if, as if, like, just doing this in general, like <laughs> taking these gambles in FPL isn't enough. When the fun stops, stop, stop Dave. Yeah. yeah. Um, Let's bet on it. Right. In the next three games, Delafeo has to score more than 12 points in total. Right? Right, okay. If he does, then I will, in in theoretical terms, take four points off my total and give them to you. If he <laughs> scores less than 12 points in three games, the next three games, then you have to take four points off your total and give them to me. Right, okay. Okay, you, you're going to do that? Yep. I mean, have you got four points... I haven't got four points to give you, but yeah. Right, okay. <laughs> It'll be like an IOU. Do it on tick, mate. Do it on tick. Just have a little try. As if, as if all the points deductions I've already got from all those transfers <laughs> isn't enough. Let's wrap it up on that note then. Uh, Dave, Sam, thank you very much for joining us today. Listeners, you can get in touch by tweeting your fantasy football thoughts with the hashtag UKFFS. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple, follow on Spotify, or however you listen to podcasts on your favourite platform. Leave a review if you liked it, and if you didn't, what are you still doing here? Check out Goal for your daily dose of football news from the Premier League and around the world. Thanks for listening.